0: everyone. It has been a hot minute. I am so excited to be back making weekly podcasts. I just wanted to hop in real quick before we get started and let you guys know that this video was filmed in advance. This was filmed almost a month ago now before my miscarriage, before the coronavirus became a pandemic in the United States, before a lot of things. But I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. My brother and I talk a lot about our relationship growing up. We go in pretty deep talking about his anxiety, how he's coped with, with it, and uh, his near-death experience that changed his life. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And uh, we are getting totally back into things now with new episodes every Monday. So enjoy, and I will see you guys next Monday. Pop the popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink, because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sierra Unfiltered. We have a very special and elusive guest today. This is my brother, Jordan. Hello. I think a lot of people don't know that you exist.
1: Yeah, I might be confused with the cousin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks my cousin Carter is actually my brother when I say I have two brothers because Jordan doesn't like the internet.
1: That's that's not true. I actually love the internet. I don't like social media. And okay. I don't like having my business all over the internet.
0: Then why did you want to do the podcast? I don't know it'd be fun it and, is fun and,
1: and Skylar's out so I thought you needed uh need some guests
0: I do so I appreciate you stepping in I was very surprised we were at Disneyland for my birthday and he was like hey what are you doing while Skylar's out and I was like oh I'm gonna have some guests in and Steven and he's like I'll do it and I was like you haven't I've been on the internet well I've been doing social media for almost five years five years this April mm-hmm. you have never ever Appeared in a video, maybe the occasional vlog in the background. I would
1: say I'm in a few vlogs. You ask me a question here or there, but for the most part, I stay out of it. Right. I mean, you make it sound like I hate the internet, but it's just social media and being a part of your channel. I kind of just rather stay in the background.
0: Right. And that's why I was so surprised when you wanted to do this. So I'm excited you're here. Mm -hmm. Um, my brother is one of my favorite people. He's one of my best friends. Um, And so we're going to talk a lot about our childhood, um, what it was like growing up for us, uh, his takes on social media. He has uh, some takes on finances as well. He's very passionate about personal finance, retirement, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, And the first look at my elusive older brother, Jordan. (laughs) Please don't do that. (laughs) I am so sorry for our video podcast watchers. But... um, Jordan's fiance, Megan, is behind the camera as well doing some homework. Yo! Megan! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get her to come on and she was not having it. So, just Jordan. Mm. Um, but did you prepare a hot take? Uh, I did. Would you like me to go first or would you like Why to go Why don't you go first? Okay. Well first, what you drinking?
1: I am drinking the God's milk,
0: water. <laughs> Fantastic, and I am drinking A DIY electrolyte drink that my dietician recommended. It's like healthy Gatorade. So it's coconut water and pineapple juice and uh, trace mineral.
1: I feel like that describes both of us pretty well. (laughs) Cheers. I'm drinking water and you're drinking whatever the hell that was.
0: (laughs) Do you want to try it?
1: Sure. You want to (laughs) try mine?
0: I've never tried it before. Don't like it?
1: Yeah, that's, those are just a whole bunch of weird flavors together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's supposed to be uh, really good for like after exercise or uh, if you're like feeling sick or anything like that. Like Kind of like a, a refresh drink. So I've been enjoying it. It does
1: kind of taste like cough medicine. So I can see that.
0: <laughs> I think it tastes more like Gatorade, but whatever. Um, so my hot take is one that I hope that you will agree with. And this is kind of a childhood related one. Um, But my hot take is that there's nothing wrong with cutting the crust off of your sandwiches. I don't think
1: that's a hot take at all.
0: You don't think so? I think, well, I remember in elementary school, mom for like three years was like dead set on getting me to stop cutting the crust off my sandwiches. She was like, you're in third grade now. Just deal with it. You have to just eat the crust. Like I'm not cutting the crust off anymore. And so I would peel the crust off myself because I, if I'm going to eat a sandwich... I want to enjoy it.
1: Well, do you still peel the crust off?
0: I don't really eat sandwiches. Okay. But if I did, if I was going to make a PB&J, I would absolutely peel the crust off.
1: Okay. I don't think that's a hot take. But I think that's more work than it's worth.
0: So do you cut the crust off your sandwiches?
1: No, but primarily because I'm lazy. <laughs> I
0: <laughs> if... would
1: rather just suffer through the crust than deal with getting a knife and cutting up all the crust.
0: So you just take the crust. You know what my mm-hmm. favorite thing just is? just take it. Stephen has a brother who they had a very similar age gap as Jordan and I. And Stephen was the older sibling. And he said that he was convinced until he was in his 20s that he liked the ends of bread because his mom would give them to him instead of Mikey because Mikey refused to eat them. Mm-hmm. And just said, no, you like these. These are your favorite. And he was like, okay. I
1: feel like that goes with Steven's personality. <laughs> right? Though. He's just kind of
0: like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right.
1: yeah.
0: yeah, I really like the ends of bread. I remember he said that once and I was like... No one likes the ends. And then he made a sandwich with the ends. He was like, yeah, this is really bad. Like, I don't know why <laughs> like I thought I liked Like the last pieces? Yes. Ugh. Like a sandwich with just the last pieces. <laughs> Isn't that not like the most stupid uh, thing you It sounds you've heard? like Stephen, yeah. All right, what's your hot take?
1: Um, My hot take is that social media <laughs> is really damaging to people. I I think a lot of times people are looking, you know, you I see people people spending hours scrolling through Instagram. Right. And they're looking at all these pictures of people like you who work really hard to make these awesome Instagram posts. But you put a lot of work into them. Right. And then they start comparing themselves and their pictures to people like you who do this for a living. Right. And all of a sudden they're comparing themselves to your highlight reel and it hurts their self-esteem.
0: But then what do you think about... Like, you know, I tend to be pretty open online Mm -hmm. and try not to make it just my highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of other people who also try to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think social media sometimes can be damaging if all you're following is people who are photoshopping and people who are just – my life is so great all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you're following people who are sharing all aspects of their life and you also are kind of feeling empty and you're struggling with different things and you see someone online Mm -hmm. who is going through something similar – and maybe you don't have people in your real life who get it. I think that can actually be more helpful than harmful.
1: Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's a big reason why you've been successful, right? Is you can connect with people. And um, I think a lot of times, though, the biggest people on social media are the ones that are out there showing themselves in the Bahamas with their six pack and completely paid for a vacation. And, and here's, you know, Joe Schmo' going to work every day and scrolling through Instagram while he's on the toilet. It's like, wow, why am I here and not there? Right. And I just think it's damaging to the self-esteem of a lot of people. And, I and agree. It de- depends on who you're following and it depends on a lot. But by and large, I think that's what it is. And also when it comes to like the news on social media, it's all negative stuff. The loudest people are the ones that are out there shouting about what's going on. Right. And it's always negative stuff.
0: So then do you think the solution to that is just don't be on social media? Or do you think the solution to that is... Follow people who you think are showing a more real take on life.
1: It's about following the right people and being on the right platforms.
0: So what do you think are the right platforms?
1: Well, I like Reddit. I and also you know, like Reddit. You know me. I'm on Reddit. Um, I think it's great because you can just look at certain subreddits that you're interested in that appeal to you.
0: But I think there are absolutely toxic <laughs> subreddits. Oh yeah,
1: I mean there are literally subreddits that are dedicated to being toxic. Right. That's their whole purpose.
0: Right. And so I don't think Reddit as a platform is necessarily above. I think if you find the right no, communities, no. Right.
1: It's about finding the right communities. Within I really a platform.
0: like r slash wholesome memes. Okay. Or r slash made my day. Okay. All very positive. Okay. All right. So Reddit, you like? Yep. What else?
1: Um, not a fan of Instagram.
0: But you're on Instagram.
1: I yes mildly i mean i might look at it like once a month and then i'm like i have like 50 messages in a group chat I'm like oh i'll go through all these okay um snapchat i was on for a while i mean that was it was fun when that was a big thing and you could have all your little snap streaks with people but um you know a lot of my friends got off that and so lost so,
0: interest okay
1: and i'm not i would say i'm not really on any other social media besides reddit which, so just reddit yeah which i contend is only partially a social media
0: i would agree But I think saying that all social media is toxic and bad.
1: I didn't say all. I said social media in general. Social
0: media in general. I disagree because I think my life has gotten so much better from social media. Yeah. And not just because it's my job, Mm -hmm. but also because I've been able to connect with people. And every single time I go through my DMs, I see people who are saying that, you know, the content that they watch, whether it's me or my friend Carrie or my friend Loey or anyone who's kind of in that, like, more real body positive community Mm -hmm. they're saying oh i used to think this x way about my body and then i started following this these people and i feel so much better now Mm -hmm. and i don't think that there i think social media offers an opportunity for change and for conversation that you don't always get in the traditional media
1: yeah i mean like we said it's about who you follow right? right and a lot of times people may not even realize that social media is affecting them negatively Oh, yeah. Um,
0: it affects but, me negatively sometimes. Yeah, it's my I job. mean,
1: I I remember. I mean, there are times where you post this video you're really excited about, and all of a sudden there are negative comments on it. It's just, like, sucks. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that it's affecting them negatively. But, I mean, like we said, it comes down to who you follow and what you put in front of your face.
0: That's what a lot of people ask me, like, oh, you know, how do you how do you become more confident or how do you become more positive? And I'm like you have to look at not only the influences in your real life, but also in your online life. And I think, you know, a lot of people talk about cutting toxic people out of your life or, you know, distancing yourself from toxic relatives. But we don't really talk that much about, like, hey, this celebrity that you're following is kind of affecting your mental space negatively. Like, there are a lot of YouTubers and celebrities who I just followed because I felt like it was good to stay in the loop. And I realized that looking at their posts was making me feel worse.
1: Can't relate, but, but I can totally understand that.
0: Do you follow any celebrities on Instagram? No. Just family?
1: Me- Megan I, is a celebrity. I follow her on Instagram.
0: <laughs> and me.
1: Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not no, a celebrity. Oh you, uh, you are a celebrity. You have a little blue checker.
0: I That does not make me a celebrity.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think I follow 40-something
0: people.
1: So, yeah, clearly I'm very active on Instagram.
0: My favorite thing has been watching Steven navigate all that because he recently made his Instagram public. Mm -hmm. And before that, he just had one like yours that was private and just family and friends.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's really funny watching him.
1: He's got to be so awkward about it.
0: He loves it. He (laughs) shouted himself out on the podcast (laughs) twice. So go follow Steven on Instagram. Oh,
1: that's funny. Yeah, go follow Steven. Not me, though.
0: (laughs) But you can follow our our other brother because he has a public Instagram. Yeah, follow Austin. Yeah. Which we, I'm the middle child. Mm -hmm. So Jordan and I are 14 months apart which seemed very normal to me growing up because yeah. we had a lot of other friends who had, like, siblings who were one year apart. And then now getting into the time in my life where, like, Stephen and I are trying to start a family, I cannot imagine having a four-month-old and then being like, let's do this again. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Just
1: pump them out in rapid succession. Be miserable for a couple years and then you don't have to worry <laughs> about <laughs> yeah, it again. Exactly.
0: Well, unless um, you're uh, our parents.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But a lot of people thought Jordan and I were twins growing up. yeah that is true that's that's what mom said okay mom said people used to always think we were twins because i talked very early which i'm sure is surprising to absolutely no one Mm -hmm. um and you were a little bit more quiet so verbally it seemed like we were the same age yeah and you were a little bit small um and i was i think average Mm -hmm. and so we just kind of looked like little twins which is really cute Mm. um but yeah, what was the? Do you want to talk a little bit about like our dynamic growing up? Yeah, I
1: mean, we were what fourteen months apart. Mm-hmm. So I think when we were kids, I mean, obviously like really young, I don't think either of us remember, but we were probably really close. I'd have to imagine. I mean, all the, the home video shows. Yeah, that. all the all the home <laughs> videos would make me think that. Um, and then I think as we got older, like maybe. Or late elementary school, middle school, early high school, I, we really started to clash a little bit more.
0: Well, I'm also incredibly different. I think yeah. we're about as different as two siblings yeah. can get.
1: And I mean, when you're in elementary school or middle school or even high school, those differences just drive you apart. and You're not old enough and mature enough to be able to understand and accept those differences and, and like those differences than someone else.
0: Well, and I think no matter what kind of person I had been, you, you I would have been your annoying younger sister because... I was your younger sister. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that I'm me made it extra annoying. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. I mean, you were just (laughs) annoying in general. But
0: I would have been annoying no matter what. And then the fact that I was actually really annoying probably made it like, oh, that's my annoying younger sister. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we got somewhat close in high school just because we kind of had some overlap in our group of friends.
1: Yeah, but it was always kind of strange, right? Because I had friends that were friends with you your friends that played basketball with me right and so i was kind of friends with them but you were closer friends with them right and so they would like come over to hang out with you but then i would kind of be there but kind of not be there and so it was just kind of like a strange dynamic for a couple of years
0: but i think the the kind of the turning point for us was because you're a year older than me you had a car Mm -hmm. um you had your cool convertible mustang yeah and the
1: worst car ever
0: (laughs) But loved, it was cool. it, loved
1: it to death that was the worst car ever
0: and i was a freshman in high school and i would have you know my friends sleep over like one or two friends and you would have one or two or if your friends sleep over and we would mm. come upstairs jordan will you take us to taco bell jordan will you take us to our friend's house jordan will you take us teepeeing and yeah, you that would was,
1: that was a fun couple of years and year that and a half or so yeah that's that really when fun.
0: i think we really became friends
1: yeah um that's when we really became friends, but I don't think we really got to be close until I went off to college.
0: Well, there was one more event before that that I feel like brought us closer, which was right. your cardiac arrest.
1: Right. That was definitely a big. I mean, that brought our whole family closer. Not that we yeah. were. I mean, we were already we're a close family. probably one of the closest families I've ever met, but I think that brought us even closer.
0: Right. But then we'll talk more about that in a bit. But then Jordan went off to college, and I feel like all of a sudden the house felt very empty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like. This is weird, and I knew that I was going to be leaving the next year. Um, and then when I left for college, our schools were, what, 15 minutes away from each other?
1: 15, 20, yeah.
0: So we started hanging out more. And it was the first time in our lives where we had to be intentional about
1: Yeah, we weren't close. just around each other right? because we lived together. We
0: had to say, hey, do you want to go out to lunch? Hey, do you want to... Uh, come over and play games hey do you want to come watch the bachelor finale with me and my friends mm-hmm. and i think that's when we became close because i think we realized that no one was going to make us be friends mm-hmm. anymore and no mm-hmm. one was going to say go to go spend time with your sister go hang out with your brother it's time for dinner and you i think really <sighs> led that which i think mm-hmm. meant a lot to me that y- you I, started reaching out all the time i think
1: also distance was a big thing yeah right um when you're with someone all the time and you're a big personality, I would get sick of you. Like, I, even being on opposite sides of the house, I would get sick of you. Um, and then the distance, I, I kind of started to realize, I, I mean, I kind of miss her. Like, I kind of miss being sick of her. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, so I, I was really happy that um, I think that distance brought us a lot closer together and now we're closer than ever.
0: Yeah. And then I think when you started dating Megan and, you know, Stephen and mm-hmm. I started getting more serious and the four of us would hang out all the time. Mm-hmm. That was...
1: No, it was really fun when you guys had that apartment down there. Yeah. By us,
0: yeah. That was so fun. Yeah. I'm, I But now you guys live close to us mm-hmm. again. Jordan just bought a house. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. Very exciting. Very exciting. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah. But let's back up a little bit and let's talk a little bit more about our sibling dynamic, and then kind of how that changed when our brother Austin was born. Yeah. Um, because there's three of us. You guys know Austin pretty well, and I feel like you and I are very aware of our flaws as people, mm-hmm. and aware of each other's flaws, and we look at Austin I think as having how- more aware of <laughs> each, each other's <laughs> flaws
1: than our own. And
0: then I like to think I'm somewhat self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> Just a
1: little bit. I bet you like to think that. <laughs>
0: But then we look at our brother, Austin, and we just both, I think, see him as perfect. Like
1: Yeah. I, I think all four of us in our family will blindly believe Austin is the most perfect human being ever. Oh,
0: absolutely. I think... But it's because
1: he is. He is. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I think he got all the best qualities from you mm-hmm. and all the best qualities of me. And with none of the bad stuff. None of, of the bad stuff. Yeah. Like, mom and dad got all the bad genes out with us mm-hmm. and then was just left with perfect, purified Austin. Yeah. He's... He really is real life Troy Bolton. Like yeah. he got, he grew up. Well, yeah. He did musical theater with me growing up. So talented, so charismatic, and then he's also and then I won him over. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. He's <laughs> also an incredibly great athlete, and he's now chosen basketball. But I believe that he will come back to theater someday.
1: That's nice to believe that. <laughs> I think that ship has sailed.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. He told me that he would totally go back to theater someday.
1: I bet he told you that. <laughs>
0: He sang at my wedding.
1: Yes, yeah, sure. So, that was because you really wanted him to. Though. I
0: did. I kind of pressured him into. Yeah, it. He, he
1: didn't lead the charge on that
0: yeah. one at all. But um, I think I was six when my brother Austin was born. Jordan was seven, and I think that also is when we kind of stopped being best friends because then we were just fighting over who got to be Austin's best friend all the time. Mm-hmm. And we we're I I think. I wonder
1: if that was part of it. I never I, thought about that. I think it is. Mm. Cuz
0: and you you won that yeah. battle cuz you were and the war. older brother. Mm, you won the battle, but I won the war. Um and so you would play, you would roughhouse with him and you would do all that stuff and then I'd want him to come play, you know, coloring with me and that wasn't as fun. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um but we love our brother Austin. He's really fantastic and I think I'm going to have him on the podcast soon too. Um, Another thing that was a big part of our growing up was we used to make YouTube videos together.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which I've
0: never talked about. Mm -hmm. They're not on the internet. they'll
1: never see the light of day. Yeah,
0: no, they won't. Um, But there was one summer. How old were we?
1: (sighs) Maybe 12, 11. I mean, we were young enough that Evan still had a very high-pitched voice. (laughs) So I would say we were probably like 11.
0: Yeah, ish. Yeah. But we had, uh, we grew up with, like, in a community with a lot of other kids our age. And specifically, I mean, I consider them, like, brothers. But it was Jordan and I and then our friends Connor and Caden, who Caden was in my grade. Connor was in your grade. And then another set of siblings, another Connor, and then his brother Evan, who Evan was in my grade. But Connor was a grade above you. Right. And the six of us from probably preschool all the way through high school stayed pretty close yeah
1: i mean we definitely as with any friend group you kind of drift in and out but we always stayed in contact and whenever we would get together and hang out it was like nothing ever changed and
0: it still is we still have fun we get together at least like once a year Mm -hmm. but one of the guys in that friend group got a camera and he was like we should start a youtube channel let's make youtube videos so he Mm -hmm. was like the director and he would come up with these scripts and we would act him out and It was really fun. I remember Mm -hmm. that summer so well. And then I remember one time I had rehearsal for a show I was in. And I remember Connor called me on the house phone because I don't think I had a cell phone yet. And he was like, if you're not serious about this, then you don't get to be part of it anymore. Yeah, that sounds really funny. (laughs) And then I think it just became your guys thing.
1: Yeah. but I mean, it's not like it lasted all that long. You guys
0: did it for a little, I'd say it was was probably a year.
1: No, no. It was just that one summer. I mean, there's probably like. 10 videos maybe yeah and you're in probably six of them yeah but they're so bad they're
0: so bad yeah but it was i think
1: who who would have thought you would go from those videos to this this. yeah
0: (laughs) but i think i i'm always surprised when the more creative aspects of you come out because in our family you're the sports guy and Mm -hmm. i'm the creative person i'm low-key creative you are low-key creative Mm -hmm. i you got oh i will never forget the summer you started trying to teach yourself the harmonica (laughs) (laughs) that was the worst because you learn, uh, you taught yourself piano and guitar, and yeah. those were pleasant. Uh-huh. Um, and you got into singing, and then you...
1: <laughs> blue Special 20 harmonica.
0: does he, oh, Megan, gonna does he be John still Popper. have that? Uh,
1: no. That. No, you've <laughs> well, never you heard me play.
0: At house.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'd find it, and Penny, Penny would get freaked out by it. Yeah.
0: It was awful. But I'm always surprised when those more creative aspects of you come out, because Jordan was an athlete in high school. Um, would you still consider yourself an athlete?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Megan?
1: Oh, come on. It's like a retired Men's game. league MVP <laughs> right here.
0: Huh? So what'd you say?
1: Men's league MVP. You're and like the, 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 lo- the old guy league. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but Jordan was like the basketball kid. Like I'm pretty sure every picture day you wore your Michael Jordan jersey. You didn't yeah. you didn't own a pair of jeans until like 8th grade. You only wore seventh basketball. 7th
1: grade sh- and that was a big battle. Yeah. Let me tell you, that was a big battle.
0: <laughs> he only wore basketball shorts. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Um and then in high school when you went to um you, you we went to the same high school for a little while. Then he transferred to a different one and then I transferred to that one too. But while he was at his second high school, um he was in his, was it your sophomore year? Yeah. Um He was in a basketball game and he just dropped to the floor, cardiac arrest. Do you Mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so never had any history of heart problems or anything like that growing up. I mean, we we were playing sports since we were like two, right? Right. Um, Literally like pushing yourself to the limits every day before that. And then all of a sudden, just boom, out of nowhere, first varsity basketball game, just passed out on the floor. Um, I woke up in the hospital like three or four days later and uh, apparently i went into cardiac arrest was placed in a medically induced coma for i think two weeks yeah it was a while it was a while um and it was one of the scariest things that ever happened for yeah. sure but i had a i think a four percent chance of surviving that
0: yeah no I, I remember that i remember i was so obviously upset and distraught and you were um at the San Diego hospital and you know mm-hmm. mom and dad were sleeping in the chairs and yeah. um Austin and I were staying with our grandparents and I was coming down to the hospital and
1: It's so vague for me. Still,
0: I remember it, this day. it yeah. vividly. I remember your friend Connor selling shirts at school in, you know like honor of you and mm-hmm. I remember having to go to class and I it was awful mm-hmm. but I remember when they said yeah so he's in a coma and he is a 96 per, what, what he has only has a four percent chance of surviving yeah so that was like definitely the scariest moment of my life and especially because i feel like we weren't that close before yeah. that and i yeah. think that's kind of what got us to be closer
1: yeah for sure
0: um but I that mean, it
1: changed me too right i mean i went from being not that i was a bad kid but we
0: means. our family jokes about
1: pre-coma, Pre-Coma coma jordan, jordan and post-coma yeah, jordan yeah
0: because you know you were a teenager and Mm
1: -hmm. and then I grew up in in two weeks two weeks yeah
0: but it's still when I relive everything that happened shocking to me that you are not only did you survive but you're pretty much untouched
1: yeah I mean that was that that whole situation was obviously horrible I spent the next six months after I recovered from the hospital just doing rehab yeah you came home on
0: Christmas Eve I remember that. Yeah, that was
1: terrible. I couldn't do anything. I know. You guys couldn't even understand me. Yeah, you couldn't talk. Yeah, I I mean, it was, what, six months of rehab, just trying to come back to being a normal person. And then probably four years mentally to get back just because of all the anxiety of worrying about having something like that happen again. Right. So, I mean, I have the defibrillator that protects me from anything happening again, and they were able to figure out what went wrong, and I had surgery. Um, But it's still just was a constant fear that it was going to happen again
0: right because even though you got through that and it was miraculous that you did Mm -hmm. you never get rid of that fear of just this constant
1: anxiety i mean it would be something as simple as going on a walk and i would start to feel you know you start going uphill and you feel your heart go a little faster but for me that was like a sign that's this is it i'm going into cardiac arrest again i'm gonna die oh my god Right. And just full-on panic attacks.
0: Well, and that's hard, too, because the anxiety, you know, it's it's anxiety in the way that I think most people think about anxiety, but also it is, at, like, such a real fear yeah. of it happening again yeah. because it could happen again. Yeah. And your heart rate is increasing, and then that makes you feel like it is going to happen again. And, right. It's just a
1: completely compounding effect. Right,
0: Do you feel like you're fully over that or do you feel like it's something you still struggle with?
1: No, I think I'm fully over it. I mean, there were a number of years. I think it was my freshman year of college that it really started to affect me. Okay. Um, And then my sophomore, junior, senior year of college, I stopped drinking a lot because I would get freaked out if I drank. I stopped playing a lot of basketball because I'd get freaked out when my heart rate would go up. And, um, it wasn't until probably my first or second year out of school, I I guess it would have been my senior year of college that I really started to figure it out.
0: And that was, Um, I feel like a big part of you and Megan's relationship too. Yeah. Was you guys learning how to navigate that?
1: It really affected us because, you know, Megan's a very active person. She wanted to be able to go on hikes, go on runs with me. And I wanted to do those things too, but it would get to a point where we would be going on a, a short little hike and I would have a full on meltdown, panic attack call an ambulance like i'm gonna die right um and it's something that she i needed somebody to push me to get through that and it was tricky though because she couldn't push me too hard right because there was still some underlying fear that something could happen but i needed somebody to help me get out of my comfort zone and get over that and um, that's one of the main reasons why we have such a strong relationship i think she helped me get through that.
0: Well, I think she was really good. And and our our parents especially knew that you ne- you needed that person to mm-hmm. be like, no, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Like, we are going to go on this hike and you are going to do it. But then also, like, I'm going to listen to you and, and we're going to take it slow and we're going to take our time. Yeah. But it's so hard because you're such an active person.
1: Yeah. But I am now. I wasn't for a couple of years. <laughs> but you always were. Yeah. Like, you
0: always wanted to be.
1: Yeah. That was one of the things that was so hard. I mean, I couldn't even go play basketball, right um
0: but the craziest thing is so before the anxiety really set in, but after the thing the the cardiac arrest, yeah, you went down in that the very first game um of the season, yeah, you were back on the court at yeah. the last game it
1: was it was interesting because I felt invincible the first time it happened. I was like i I survived this, I can survive anything. And then they put the defibrillator in, and about six months later, I get shocked. And then they were able to figure out what went wrong, had surgery, came back, same deal, I'm okay, I right. can handle it. And then it wasn't until my freshman year of college, I had another thing happen. And I realized how fragile I really was, um, phys- I mean, physically and mentally. Right. And I haven't had any problems since then, but the, the panic and the anxiety really affected me. And it was, it was tough because I used to not realize how big of an impact anxiety can have on a person or panic attacks for that for that matter i mean a panic attack is the worst i would never wish that upon my worst enemy
0: yeah
1: and if you've never had one you look at it from the outside and you think just calm down like dude just chill out it's not a big deal sit down and drink some water or something but in that moment you're having this crazy and fear of impending doom
0: when well, it becomes physical
1: yeah it becomes physical yeah. and then your body starts to heat up and your heart starts to go super fast and i mean it's a nightmare right uh, i wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy but those i mean those things really changed me and helped me learn to empathize with people too
0: right i just i i can't even i can't even imagine you being the one who actually lived through it mm-hmm. because i feel like for our family, for mom and dad and me and Austin, it was so traumatic. And you actually were the one living through it. What's the first memory that you have from when you came out of the coma?
1: Um, let's see. I woke up. I mean, I have like faint memories when I'm in the hospital yeah. of being in the ICU, but just very, very faint. I think my first memory of fully being conscious was um, I woke up, dad was in the room with me, and he was like so excited because i was conscious yeah and i had no idea what was going on but i knew that uh it was uh, probably about playoff time for the nfl and i wanted to watch brett Favre play for the vikings because i think it was going to be his last season there and um you know i talked to dad for a little bit trying to figure out what was going on he's like you want to i was like what no did we win <laughs> And then can you turn on the game? And so he turns on the TV and I couldn't see the TV because, I mean, I had breathing tubes all over me. My, my mind, my eyes, everything was completely unadjusted to being conscious. Right. And uh, <laughs> I was freaking out, man. <laughs> I <was> freaking <laughs> out.
0: terrifying.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just faint little moments like that. Yeah. And then leaving the hospital, I think, is really when my mem- memory started to solidify.
0: Do you remember coming home? Vaguely. Do you remember the game of catchphrase? Uh, yeah, catch the game phrase? of
1: catchphrase we played in the room. And <laughs> I couldn't speak yet because my, my mouth, I guess, hadn't adjusted to, to being fully conscious. I mean, I lost oxygen to my brain for 12 or 13 seconds. Yeah. And so your body takes time, obviously, to recover from something like that. And we're playing a game that's fully built upon communicating with people. And nobody could understand me. And they picked this game to play with me. Well,
0: you, that used to be your favorite game. And it, you came home Christmas Eve. And we were all just so happy that you were you know, home and somewhat okay. And we all came up to your room because you couldn't get out of bed. And dad was like, let's play a game. Let's play catchphrase. And it's you pass this little disc around. And you're trying to get people to guess the thing on the screen. Yeah. So Jordan can't talk, and he's also the most competitive person I've ever met, oh. except for maybe our grandma. And he's trying to communicate with us. And eventually, like, I think my dad just starts saying, yeah, you got it, to, like, everything, but you yeah. knew. Yeah. You know, you're like, no, I... I was like, shut up. Yeah, no, you didn't get it. He slapped
1: the thing out of his hand at one point. <laughs> that sucked. But, that, I mean, that whole situation really changed me as a person. I you think
0: had it, to relearn everything. Well, it, it
1: changed my, my mental approach to things too i became more calm i became i think more understanding and more driven more ambitious because i realized i mean we we're only here once right Right. we only have this moment once we only have the next moment once and so we have to take advantage of the time that we have and make the most of it make the world a better place make the world a better place for the people around you for yourself and I, i just kind of snapped into this mindset that I'm going to be a better person.
0: And you were. It was so stark, the difference of pre-coma Jordan and post-coma Jordan, that you became this person who's the first person to say I love you and the first person to say, hey, let's go out to lunch and the first person to tell someone that you appreciate them. How do you feel – how much do you feel like that changed your outlook on life? Did it change your religious beliefs? Did it change the way that you look at the world?
1: I mean, it certainly changed all of that. Yeah. Um, my religious beliefs, I think, stayed as constant as they always were. I, I'm not the most avid Christian, but I try to stay close to my faith as much as I can. Um, but just my overall outlook, I used to be a really negative person. I still sometimes have some negative tendencies, <laughs> um, but I try to be more positive. I, I think I react to things better than I used to. Yeah. And that was fully, I mean, I I, I fully admit that the cardiac arrest was probably the best thing that ever happened to me which is
0: crazy right yeah that's like a a crazy thing to say Mm -hmm. but i think i you know again would never wish it on anyone and i i wish it hadn't happened to you of course but i think you took this difficult situation and said how can i use this to make me a better person and make the best of the time that i do have yeah and it's it's so crazy to think about the person that you would be if that hadn't happened Mm -hmm. like i can't well, you, I mean, you look at,
1: I, I don't know if you've read other articles about people who've had near death experiences, but they go through the same thing. You right. know, you have, um, some people have spiritual revelations. Some people have, uh, re- revelations about how they're going to approach their lives and, and just changes a person. Right. And, and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. One of the best things that ever happened to our family, I think.
0: I, I, you Which can is, say that because it I happened to that. you. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to say it.
1: Yeah. I stand by it. Yeah. I stand but by it for sure.
0: I think I remember when it happened thinking, you know, why our family, like why Jordan? Why would this happen? And, you know, we had lived such a blessed life before that of Yeah, absolutely. For all intents and purposes, the ideal family of our parents are together. Our parents love each other so much too much too much yeah. <laughs> like they're so they act like they're still in the honeymoon catch phase. them in the
1: back of pirates of the caribbean <laughs> God.
0: it's true they held they hold hands everywhere they're they <clears> go <throat> on date nights you know our our family was you know really close and uh everything we never had any health problems in our family and yeah. never any you no know deaths, no deaths nothing. i
1: mean <laughs> i think that's the definition of a blessed childhood right? for sure
0: Right. And then that happened. And my first in- inclination was, you know, why us? Why this? But it's like everyone has something that happens to them. And that was your thing. Mm-hmm. That was our family's thing. And
1: and in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't, I mean, obviously in the moment it was horrible. Right. But you look at things that other people are going through, losing mm-hmm. parents, losing siblings. Right. It's it's peanuts.
0: Right. And, and we were very lucky and our family was very lucky to be – to not have really anything else that was making that situation even more difficult. Like going through something like that but having divorced parents or having financial issues or yeah. having, you know, a, a parent lose a job or not be able to – to, you know, handle the medical bills or anything like that.
1: I mean, at the time, mom wasn't working. So she was basically a full-time nurse. Right. Shelling me from appointment to appointment, um, just doting on me for the six months that I needed to recover. Yeah. Can't imagine what would have happened if if she couldn't have done that. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And so I think it's one of those things where it, it, I think, gave us all perspective to be grateful for everything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Jordan's, I, I would call it a near death experience, but you did actually yeah, die. I did.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, it depends on your definition of death, but yes, I am a zombie. That is true.
0: <laughs> Didn't they bring you back twice? I think it was once on the court and once in the hospital. Um,
1: technically twice, but the second time I never lost oxygen to my okay. brain. All
0: right. 14
1: so- seconds. First time. <laughs> Still got it.
0: Um, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, okay. So, after all of that and then you get back into the normal swing of things, you get back home and you're Jordan again. Yeah. Um but new Jordan um our high school experiences were very different. And uh, I very
1: different for a time. I think and then they became super similar. A
0: lot of, when
1: when you transferred when over? You to Charter?
0: Yeah.
1: Tiger Pride. <laughs>
0: But Jordan, I think a lot of people, the older sibling is the one who is testing out the waters and pushing boundaries. You didn't do any of that for me. And I was the one who got in a lot of trouble.
1: That's because I didn't do anything that warranted getting in trouble.
0: You just played World of Warcraft all day. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> but I played World of Warcraft. I played basketball. That was it.
0: That was it. And you you would have your friends over. And we had this office upstairs where Jordan and his friends would just Play World of Warcraft all day, and mm-hmm. then we didn't write this down to talk about. But I want to talk about it anyways. Do you remember your jerking phase? Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> that, was, hey, that was a big thing.
0: Do you guys remember anyone who's in our they're demographic? Probably too young. Okay, my audience the is not.
1: What's a demographic? Group?
0: Twenty-one to twenty-five, and then twenty-five to thirty-two. Okay, maybe they're not. Too young. So they're probably yeah, very a big familiar. Thing. It was the "You're a Jerk" song, and then there were like jerking well, crews. Yeah.
1: The year that was kind of a basic jerking song.
0: Okay, so but... what what was your favorite jerking song?
1: I don't it has too many <laughs> profane words in the title to say.
0: But my favorite story is Jordan and his friend Connor went to the park to film themselves on our video camera mm-hmm. jerking.
1: Yep, we were starting a crew.
0: <laughs> Just the two of you though. Uh,
1: yep. Well taking, we were gonna recruit some others. You're but...
0: taking a break from WoW to y- do well, that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean it was not a long break, let's be honest. We couldn't take a very long break from WoW.
0: And Jordan twisted his ankle doing i a didn't knee drop. twist my ankle you i broke it? my
1: left metatarsal i was out for six games my <laughs> freshman season and i had to explain this to my coach jordan how'd you get hurt oh you know I was dancing oh well, you had a wedding or something no
0: at the park
1: at the park <laughs> With my friend yeah so that was fun
0: do we still have those videos somewhere
1: I think mom might have archived them somewhere but i really hope not we used to have the footage of exactly the moment that i broke my foot
0: when the best part is you guys would do like dance with your headphones Mm -hmm. into your ipod iPod. and then you would go into you know iMovie and add the music back in and post yeah but the clip of you breaking your ankle is just silent with Mm -hmm. like you know couple families walking by at the park and then your sneakers like you know squeaking on the yeah. Concrete. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just silent.
1: Very strange.
0: Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about financials, your kind of concepts about retirement and investing. But before yeah. we do that, perfect time to say thank you to our sponsor, Cash App.
1: Cash App, the
0: number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is a fantastic app that you can use to send money back and forth to your friends. It makes it really easy. So maybe you want to start a jerking crew with your friends. Um, but Don't you need you need to uh, to get an iPod to listen to it while you're dancing in a public park. You could just split it, Cash App for half. Don't have to worry about any of it. Really, really easy. See, nice anecdotal story, very applicable to you.
1: Don't start your. <laughs> Don't do it.
0: But Cash App is great. We absolutely love them. They are a huge supporter of the podcast and cash app also has the cash app debit card which comes with boosts, which are kind of like credit card perks and rewards but all packed into a free debit card um so you can get yeah. boosts, which are like free rewards for places that you already shop target whole foods wherever they're really great and um one of the best parts about Cash App is that they partner with us to support the Trevor Project, which is a fantastic LGBTQ plus organization who provides resources and crisis intervention. And they're great. They do great work. So if you download Cash App from the app store today, use promo code unfiltered, unfiltered, (laughs) use promo code unfiltered, and you can get $10. And then Cash App will also donate $10 to the Trevor Project. So Use unfiltered, download Cash App from the app store. Thank you, Cash, Cash App.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Cash App.
0: Thank you, Cash App. Cash
1: App for sponsoring this video and paying me to be in it.
0: Uh, yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> but it was very difficult to do that sponsor read while you were whispering <laughs> Cash App the entire time.
1: I was providing ambiance. Um, I will take my cut of the Cash App proceeds. Perfect.
0: Um, But let's talk a little bit about you and your ideas on finances, because this is why you said you wanted to come on the podcast. Part of
1: it. I mean, I think a lot of people our age don't have uh, a lot of education when it comes to personal finance or finances in general. I think the only
0: education I got about it was from our dad.
1: Well, we were lucky to have our dad talk to us about that kind of stuff. And, And for me, it really sparked an interest. And I think a lot of people our age are ending up in massive credit card debt, or are not starting to save money for retirement, which is crazy because the most valuable thing you have when it comes to finances is time. Time, yeah. If I could show a chart of the time value of money or the power of compounding interest, if you put $1,000 into a bank account from the age of 22 to 40, by the time you're 65, it's over a million dollars. Which is... $1,000 a year.
0: It's crazy because I remember... When I was 20 and I started my Roth IRA, Mm -hmm. which is a great way to, if you're, you know, just starting out and you don't have that much money to put into it or you don't have a 401k or anything, it's a great option to look into. Um, So
1: the Roth IRA is a retirement account that is self-funded. It's from post-tax money Mm -hmm. and you don't get taxed on the capital gains or you don't get taxed on the income when it comes out to you. So if you're starting out early on, you don't make a lot of money, a Roth IRA is the best option for saving for retirement. And the earlier you start, the way better off you are.
0: Right. Even if – I think the biggest thing that I cannot stress enough is like even if you're just putting in 50 a $100. If you're putting mm-hmm. that in when you're 18 or 19 or 20.
1: It's worth so much more when you're 55, 60, and you'll be so happy that you did it.
0: Right. Because the interest compounds. And I don't think I understood that until dad showed me one of those charts that mm-hmm. were like – So, because I remember I was saying, well, I want to go to New York. I want to take a trip to New York and I have this money saved. Um, And he was like, well, let's say you're going to spend $1,000 on your trip to New York. But let's say instead, I I was 19 at the time, he was like, let's say instead you put that into a Roth IRA. You could take the entire family on a two-week trip to Disney World in, you know, 40 years when you retire. And I was like,
1: yeah. Go look at those compounding charts if you're watching this video. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's around a thousand dollars a year from 22 to 40, and you have a million dollars at 55 or 60. Yeah. I mean, the power of compounding is just insane.
0: I it really is. I don't know as much about finances as you do, but I would highly recommend, and you can correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, um, looking into a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And by the way, all the advice that either Jordan or I give is just our opinion. Yep. We are not trained financial investors or advisors so mm-hmm. take everything we say with a grain of salt do your own research this is just what uh has worked for Jordan and what he's passionate well, about
1: yeah what's worked for me and millions of other Americans
0: but we're not liable
1: no very much not liable
0: <laughs> Stephen told me to make sure I say that yeah
1: very much not liable but investing in a Roth IRA and buying simple s p 500 index funds is probably the best thing that you can do for your future
0: so what is that an s p 500
1: so the s p 500 is stands for the standard Poor's index of the 500 biggest companies in the united states
0: okay and that an, are public an, an index just because I, I
1: basically gives you exposure to all 500 of those companies so let's say right. you're investing in the stock market and you want to buy some visa stock you can buy a thousand dollars of that visa stock but then you're exposed to, if, if all of your money is in Visa, let's say, you can lose all of that money if Visa were to go bankrupt, or you could lose some percentage of that if the stock is going down. On the flip side, there's also reward if you're only in one stock and go up. But the market typically moves at about 7% increased a year. So if you're invested in an S&P 500 index fund, you have exposure to all of the top 500 companies, which gives you safety, um, and at an average return of 7%, which is what the S&P has returned over the past 60 years, I think it's probably more like 8 or 9%.
0: And that's considered a conservative investment typically, right? In the index funds? Well,
1: it's, I wouldn't say conservative. Um, conservative would be investing in bonds, which okay. return about 2%, and those okay. are guaranteed. So it's, the market it's not fluctuates.
0: like a risky investment, no. but it's not as conservative. Right. As the go.
1: market fluctuates, and if it's money that you're planning to save for retirement... Then it's going to be in there for a long time. Long term, the market is going to go up.
0: So bi- the big thing being, if this is money you don't need access to for a long time, yep. So like retirement.
1: Then it's going to be safe in an S and P five hundred index fund. Yeah. Okay. It's not like investing in Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> Are you invested in Bitcoin?
1: A little bit. It's fun. Yeah. Not not enough not enough to hurt me if it becomes worth nothing, but enough to have some s- skin in the game, which is kind of fun.
0: Okay. And how much of you, how much of your retirement do you think is, how do I put this? How much of what you know about retirement and savings and what you're planning for is investing and investments and the Um, stock market?
1: All of it. All of it? Yeah. I mean, if you're investing in an S&P 500 index fund, you're going to get a return of 7% a year, likely on average. On average, I mean some years the market goes down, some years it goes way up. But over the long haul, you're going to get about 7% a year. And as you get older and you get closer to retirement, your allocation starts to change. You go from say 90% stocks, 10% bonds to 50% stocks, 50% bonds when you're closer to retirement because your risk profile changes a lot. You're more you're going to need that money sooner and you're more prone to the fluctuations in the market because you're going to be pulling that money out sooner. And you don't necessarily need the growth when you're fifty. You just right. want to make sure you're getting some return. So, but while you're younger, putting it in completely an index fund is a good move in my opinion.
0: So what do you th- what are you doing and what do you recommend for people who are in their twenties and even thirties and mm-hmm. are just kind of starting to think about future and savings and retirement? What are you doing? What are the first things that you did to prepare for that and what do you recommend people?
1: So I I, look into like, like, you know, I've done a ton of research on this, probably more than any one person should do. But the things that I'm doing right now, and I'm fortunate enough to have a really good job that allows me to do this. I'm maxing out my 401k. So my employer matches 5% of the funds that I put into my 401k. So I have extra money going into that. Plus I max that, which I think is $19,000 a year, which is money that doesn't get taxed on capital gains. So you can do what's called a traditional 401k or a Roth 401k, which just changes when you get taxed on that money, but there's no tax on the growth. Okay. Um, so I, I switched. I'm doing a Roth 401k right now because our tax bracket is relatively low right now. Um, and then I'm doing my Roth IRA, which I'm maxing out every year. So right now I have about $27,000 each year that are going towards Roth retirement accounts. And then whatever other money I I have saved up on the side, I put into a brokerage account, which I also invest in index funds.
0: And you also do a really good job of keeping your day-to-day expenses really low.
1: Yeah, I try to. I mean, that's, um, I think that's one of the biggest problems in our country right now is massive consumerism, right? I mean, we're spending so much money on things that we don't need. Eating out five, six, seven, eight times a week. And, I mean, Megan and I are guilty of it. We eat, you love Rubio. We love Rubios. We <laughs> eat a lot of Rubios. We actually had Rubios today. <laughs> or
0: not. Of course you did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we're trying to cut back because that's an expense that's not necessary. I mean, we can cook food that's just as good or better and yeah. likely healthier at home for a fraction of the price. And that's one of the things we don't do well. But we we try not to spend money on uh, things that don't quite m- matter as much to us Right. we don't need big fancy cars um, we don't need big showy outfits or whatever i mean that's just not what we're interested in but it's something that helps us cut back on our spending and put more money towards our retirement accounts because one of the things that's really important to me and i think as an extension has become important to megan is getting to the point where we're financially independent and we can choose if we want to work or not work
0: <clears throat> and is that that the reddit fire movement
1: yeah uh in a sense fire stands for financial independence retire early so we're looking for financial independence and maybe retire early if we feel like it (laughs) but it's it's a a great firm
0: financial independence retire maybe
1: yeah well i think i'd like to retire megan maybe not so much
0: well you would want to be like a stay-at-home dad right i want
1: to be a stay-at-home dad and a basketball coach but that does not pay very well (laughs) Being an engineer pays Yeah, quite You well. didn't
0: get your engineering degree to be a basketball coach. <laughs> yeah. But it's something you're passionate about. And if you work <clears throat> hard in your engineering job now and make smart investments, then it's something that you may be able to do later.
1: Yeah. And in, because of how much money we're putting away in our retirement accounts right now, I mean, we're going to be able to retire in our early 40s if we want to, which that's is incredible, which is awesome. I mean, that's the power of compounding.
0: You sound like an ad for compound interest. <laughs> I,
1: I can't stress enough how awesome it is. I mean, yeah. if you're young and you have a little bit of disposable income, put it in retirement accounts. Put it in retirement accounts. Put it in an S&P 500 index fund or some other kind of index fund. I mean, I would recommend S&P 500 because...
0: I think a lot of people our age want to do that stuff.
1: But they don't know well, how. They
0: don't know how and also they feel sometimes absolutely crippled by college debt. Like, just absolutely yeah. crushed. Yeah. So how how can someone who's like, yeah, that sounds good, I would love to, but right mm-hmm. now I have $100,000 of college debt that I'm trying to pay off?
1: Yeah. Well, it depends on the interest rate of that debt, right? If your interest rate of your student loan debt is 4% or lower, then, I mean, pay that off as soon as you can. But I think that's a low enough interest rate that you can afford to siphon off Fifty, a hundred dollars a month, and put it towards retirement, and let that money grow. But if your interest rate and your student loan debt is more like seven, eight, ten percent, then pay that off as soon as possible. Right. Because that that will just cripple you, your financial capabilities forever. Right. But that's, I mean, that's something that our generation's really struggling with.
0: Well, yeah, because I mean, the classic boomer methodology is well I worked two jobs while I was in college and that paid for everything so just do that it's like well when you went to college it was 40 cents grandpa I
1: mean if you look at the stats on wages wage growth versus rent growth and living expenses growth I mean it's just it's insane and the job market now is such that if you have a college degree and I mean certainly some Uh, majors are more valuable than others right but let's say you have a college degree in history in the past that's you can get a job no problem or economics whatever business but now almost everybody our age is working towards or has a college degree right and so the market becomes so much more competitive we have that many people who are looking for jobs and already have these credentials right which makes it hard for us, those people, to pay off their student loan debt, and it's just a vicious cycle.
0: So in addition to you having your you know, nine to five and getting your degree and doing all of that, mm-hmm. you also had a side hustle.
1: Yeah, well, so <laughs> I'm, doing my, I'm doing my MBA at night right now while mm-hmm. I'm working, um, but I also started a tech company in college which I was able to sell some portions of it, which helped me pay off some of my student debt, which was huge. Um, But that entrepreneurial spirit was something that our parents really put into us early on. I mean, we see it with you, obviously. And with my company, I think it was just something that was really encouraged from an early age for us.
0: I think it took me a while to kind of realize that YouTube is so entrepreneurial. Oh, absolutely. But n- the more I look back at it and I look at what you did with your company and what I'm doing with, you know, now my company, <clears throat> Sierra Schultz Incorporated. Yeah. Um, I think so much of that is from our parents.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I I mean, our parents always had side hustles. They both mm-hmm. had degrees and they both had jobs. But when we were kids, my mom used to edit people's papers at, at
1: night. night till like crazy hours, like yeah. three in the morning.
0: She had editmypaper.com, mm-hmm. which I think she actually sold the domain too, or something yeah, like that. She did. But she, you know, they were fine and they had their jobs, but they wanted to make sure that they. And also, I, I, I think it's just that they're like they they're both just they're ambitious, ambitious people, and it's yeah.
1: something that rubbed off on us too, right? right. I mean, you're ambitious. Look, I mean, look at the way your channel has grown. Look at the way it's continuing to grow. Uh, and look at, you know, I'm I'm working as an engineer. I'm in grad school. We both have been very fortunate to be put in positions to be successful. And we had parents who taught us the values to help us get to that point.
0: Right. But I think watching, you know, mom have her side hustle and she's, you know, coaching and doing all that. And then dad always starting different businesses and stuff. I think it made me always realize, like, it's okay if I don't go to college. Mm -hmm. I can do something without a degree.
1: Yeah, that's something that I I mean... It it sounds kind of blasphemous to say, but I don't think everybody should go to college.
0: I think I benefited by yeah. not getting my. BA. I mean,
1: you're not, BA. you're not in massive amounts of student loan debt. Nope. And you're still have you have this awesome job that you've created for yourself, and not not everybody is fortunate enough to to be able to do that and right. be as successful as you have. But a lot of times, that student loan debt can just cripple a person, no matter what job they end up with.
0: Right. But I do think that education is super important. Absolutely, and I and that's one of the reasons I think community college is such a good option. Uh, yeah, because yeah. like for me, I have no debt. I was able to pay for my classes as I took them. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. five years down the line YouTube stops, you guys stop watching, and you know I, this can't be my job anymore. Yeah, I have, have half of back. my degree. Yeah, and I have I have half of a BA, and I have my yeah uh what's it called my uh, <laughs> AA AA I have my <laughs> AA um as you can see it's very important to me yeah. um and so that's to me like i it i didn't just i don't have nothing but i also didn't spend a ton of money yeah and then steven went to community college
1: same thing with Megan. the, the right. community college system is is incredible and i think a lot of people are taking advantage of it now
0: i think so but i think a couple of years ago that wasn't the case yeah because i do think especially in our city there was very much this attitude of... There's a
1: stigma yeah, with it. Yeah, there's a stigma. Which is terrible that there's a stigma with it. I mean, that's it's the smart
0: move. Right. It, it absolutely is the smart move. Especially because when you're choosing these colleges and you're going off... You don't know what you want to do. You no. think you do. You it, did. Well,
1: I, I didn't really. Do you, I, do
0: you regret ever getting your degree in engineering? No. No.
1: Because I tend to be a person that goes... For the safe option as my like starting point and then i'll start to venture out from there okay and engineering knew i could get a great job out of school right but going to usd the school i went to was really expensive um i was fortunate enough to have a pretty large scholarship but it was really expensive and my freshman and sophomore year i did not focus on school at all
0: yeah you went into party mode. I
1: did. I did. And a lot of people <laughs> I got do. all
0: of that out in high school and <laughs> you did it.
1: <laughs> a lot of people do though. Yeah. And their freshman and sophomore years become a wash or they end up with bad grades that maybe haunt them down the line when they're trying to go to grad school or they have to retake classes which costs even more money and then your student loan debt goes even higher. Right. So I think if you're not sure what you're gonna do, I think community college is an awesome option.
0: Well, and then if you once you figure out your major then you can choose a college, a uh, university, right, To finish your degree right. that's specialized for that uh, major. Yeah. Definitely. Bella is snoring. Oh, it, so she's been loud.
1: doing it for like half an hour. <laughs> I've just been trying not to not to acknowledge it, but she's been doing it for like half an hour.
0: I don't. Usually, you can't hear it on the microphone, but I think I'm starting to hear it in my headphones.
1: I've been hearing it for half an hour.
0: <laughs> and her eyes are open. She's awake. She's the worst. You hate my dogs.
1: No, I hate that dog. Richard's okay.
0: Bella's a sweet. Jordan calls my dogs Richard and Frank I instead mean, of Bella and Bruce. Bella looks
1: like a Frank, and Richard was a total dick when you first got her. <laughs> she really was. She still is. Yeah, but I, that's
0: what makes her so sweet and special. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yes. So entrepreneurship, starting your own business, and then me with YouTube, similar but a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Uh, um. You you went over the the like the new ground of entrepreneurship, and right. I kind of went the the much traveled right. territory.
0: But still new because it's tech.
1: Yeah, uh, entrepreneurship is is a great route to go if you have a good idea. Just start something. Yeah. Just go for it. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you're at the same point you were before you started.
0: I think the book that helped me the most is it's called The Business Model Generation. Mm-hmm. Have you read that one? Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's basically all about how to build a business model. Cause I think a lot of people have an idea and they have no idea where to start. It starts very basic. And then it kind of goes into more, you know, how to like different revenue streams and, uh, key points of interest and those kind of things. Definitely recommend it for anyone who has any ideas they're looking to flesh out. Do you have any good literature on um, financials, entrepreneurship?
1: No books off the top of my head. A lot of, I was fortunate in that at USD, they have a huge entrepreneurship program. And so I had access to professors that taught that stuff for a living. But I would say the biggest thing is if you're interested in going into entrepreneurship is find a problem and figure out a way to solve it. Find a problem that affects a lot of people. Like for you, one of the reasons you're so successful is people didn't have someone that they could go to YouTube and look for for confidence and encouragement. You found a problem, you found a niche, and you filled it. And that, I mean, that's how businesses are successful, how startups are successful, is finding a problem, finding... a a missing niche in the market and figuring out how to fill it.
0: Which is, it's so interesting to hear you talk about that from a business perspective, because when I started, I guess it was that same idea, but it was more like, I don't feel like I have anyone to look to on YouTube who understands me. So Mm -hmm. I guess I'll try to make that content, which (laughs) is essentially, essentially like the basic version of what you said of yeah find a problem and solve yeah. it me being like i don't feel you... like there's anyone i relate to yeah
1: you didn't even realize you were doing it no. you're doing it i remember when you first started youtube Yeah, what
0: and... do you what did you think because <laughs> me oh, having man. my 10 subscribers posting about my videos
1: yeah um i think all 10 of them were us yeah <laughs> we were very supportive we tried to be yeah i mean i i don't think i mean none of us saw this i didn't um we we tried our best to be supportive we thought oh this is a great creative outlet for sierra she's got something to do she's got a hobby and i
0: was in kind of a difficult tumultuous state yeah i was in college for theater but my major got canceled and i was the only person in my major so they discontinued it and then they threw me into a program i didn't want to be in and i had no idea what i wanted to do and then I started doing this, so I think everyone was like, "Okay, she can do this for a little." while. Yeah, girl. we were
1: just happy you found something to do. Really, I mean, couldn't couldn't watch your vid? I mean, we watched them.
0: Oh, did I? You don't watch my videos. no, I
1: don't now. I did, but
0: they were way worse back then. Now know, they're actually know, good. But you didn't need me.
1: You didn't. Need, you don't need me now. You needed I need me everyone.
0: Then. I need you.
1: I'm subscribed. I need
0: mom and dad. I'm I subscribed. I'm subscribed. I appreciate it. And to sometimes- all three channels.
1: You, oh, there's a third channel? The podcast. A <laughs> podcast. Are you subscribed? to No, the I'm pod- not subscribed to the podcast. Subscribe
0: to the podcast. It Oops. really helps us out. So if you're watching this, you can subscribe. Sorry. You subscribe.
1: Okay. Sorry. Continue. I don't even remember what I was talking you're about. You were talking
0: about when I started and you were like, cool, seriously. So oh, yeah, to keep yeah. busy. Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we were just happy you had something to keep you busy. And uh, <laughs> we did not see this coming. I mean, your videos were interesting.
0: <laughs> what does that mean?
1: You always had a big personality. I think we all knew you were either going to be some kind of star. I think, I mean, at the time we thought, oh, she's going to be on Broadway or she's going to be in Hollywood or whatever. Didn't realize that there was going to be this whole new avenue of, of being famous.
0: Okay. I'm not.
1: Mm. You're okay. You're kind of famous. No,
0: no. You, you know what my favorite is? You have like, word over is... a
1: million subscribers on YouTube.
0: i must so web witty. Like on the web. <laughs> that at a youtube convention once oh and God. i never forgot it i am a content creator
1: yeah a well-known okay. content creator okay What? okay anyway semantics continue, continue uh i lost my place again i don't remember what it was you about.
0: never thought it would become this you yeah. thought that i i had a big personality yeah i mean we always we New always
1: w- yeah you were a big personality we always thought you would be in some kind of avenue where you could share your thoughts and feelings and loudness uh, we didn't see this. I mean, after you kind of left college, we were like, okay, well,
0: I just uh, hope she's doing okay. But I had Steven, so I feel like that made you guys feel a little better. I
1: mean, if you didn't have Steven at that time, I mean, this wouldn't be here for sure. No,
0: he's the one who told me to start.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, it was. thanks, Steven. <laughs>
0: um, but I think, is, is it ever shocking to you that, because it's shocking to me, but as someone who grew up constantly telling me to shut up that people will listen to me talk for an hour
1: (laughs) i can't i can't understand it (laughs) i like sometimes i'll be like i'll be at work or i'll be out with friends and be talking describing like what you do sometimes and they're like wow she has a million subscribers i'm like yeah i don't really get it i (laughs) I wouldn't subscribe to her i I wouldn't (laughs) i mean i do but obviously i'm not your demographic but also i have heard your voice for many moons yes and as much as i do love to hear your voice i don't need to hear it all the time when i'm not necessarily in the same room with you but sometimes sometimes your videos are interesting to me Appreciate even it. and i watch them like what uh the one you did with austin and carter uh, okay all uh, right that was, that was good would
0: you ever be in a main channel video or are you more of a your podcast you can be an occasional podcast guest
1: uh, i mean for the right video i would i guess mm-hmm uh megan's back there fist pumping (laughs) no i i don't know i would do the podcast again for sure but i don't know if i would be in a main channel video yeah like we said at the beginning i'm not really the kind of person who wants to be i'm not you i don't want to be out in front of the camera all the time i'm happy to come on and talk and yeah just hang out but uh i don't know if i don't know if a main channel video is in the cards for me
0: yeah well it's nice having you on the podcast in the occasional vlog which is always nice (laughs) Mm -hmm. um one last thing I want to talk to you about before we sure. go. Well, two things. First, you're engaged. Yeah. You're planning a wedding.
1: Yeah.
0: How is no, that going? Notice,
1: because- notice the difference in the "yeah" inflections there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. People <sighs> love wedding planning. I love wedding planning. How's yeah. it going?
1: It's. I mean, I thought it would be a lot more fun than it was.
0: Oh, that's so, sad.
1: Well, I'm. I'm a planner, right? Yeah. I mean, we're planners. And I'm the kind of person who I was so excited about getting to plan every single thing. And it's weird, right? Because I'm a guy and, and typically gender norms say the woman is supposed to be so much more excited by that. But in our case, <laughs> Megan does not care about like 80% of it. Right. I mean, she wants it to be beautiful and she wants everyone to be there. But
0: right. But I feel like she's fine with you doing everything.
1: Yeah. She's happy to just let, let me do a lot of the planning. She's nodding. Yeah. So we have our venue which was definitely the hardest part, which Megan was a big part of. Uh, getting the venue and the date was the hardest part. And then we have a coordinator and we picked up a caterer a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Yes. The food tasting is so fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, we only tasted with one dude.
0: Yeah, but still you go and you try the yeah. different things, yeah, right? Yeah, no, it
1: was, it was fun. It was really fun. Uh, we still have to get decorations and efficient um, like rentals and stuff, just yeah. kind of the smaller things. But we have the big things done with, which is great, and we have seven-ish months to figure all that out. So we just got our save the dates yesterday. So we'll be sending. Am I invited?
0: Sit down. Yeah, I'm a bridesmaid, but I didn't get an invitation yet. So
1: (laughs) yeah, you're supposed to get an invitation seven months in advance.
0: (laughs) I'm very excited for the bachelorette party.
1: I'm very concerned for the bachelorette party. Why? Because I remember your bachelorette party, which I became a part of.
0: Yeah, because Megan's feet were hurting, so she asked you to come bring her shoes, and then you picked us up and drove us to the next bar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the next bar. That's where I picked you guys. <laughs> I ended up with we were little, doing I, some adventures. I ended up with little penis um, <laughs> glitter things in my car. For like months. I couldn't I couldn't find them all.
0: People getting your yeah, car. Yeah,
1: people getting my car. <laughs> Jordan, what are you into? Penis
0: confetti. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Oh. but yours is gonna be fun. I. Hope We're so. gonna have fun at the bachelorette party. I'm <laughs> very excited. Um. Overall, are you more excited for the wedding, or for the wedding planning to be over?
1: Oh, definitely the wedding. Yeah. For sure. You guys I are mean, gonna have a
0: fun wedding. Yeah. You guys well, are fun people.
1: Well, we and we have a lot of young friends who are sometimes too much i would say definitely too much fun
0: hey not just the mom and dad took offense to that when you said that mom and dad were like what we're we're gonna be tearing up the dance
1: floor they're the right kind of fun (laughs) i'm saying we have friends who are the wrong kind of fun sometimes like too much fun okay which is why we're only doing beer and wine
0: there that's what we did i think that's probably the biggest advice i would give to people wedding planning
1: it's cheaper too
0: it is um second thing i wanted to ask you about last thing before we end the podcast what was your first impression when you met steven and did you ever go into protective older brother mode
1: when did you meet steven was that after cardiac arrest or before
0: oh way after okay because you were already in college it was my senior year
1: yeah i i mean i remember you guys were together for a while before i met him Mm -hmm. um we, he would come around sometimes, and I just wouldn't really interact with him all that much. Cause, and
0: whenever I dated guys in high school, you just pretended like they didn't exist. You yeah, weren't mean. You just...
1: I mean, because yeah. I just knew like they're not sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, yeah. look, Steven was a great guy, and I didn't get the chance to really get to know him until later on when I realized you guys were going to be serious. Yeah. I mean, the way I saw it is why... And this was a terrible approach. I would recommend nobody do this. But I thought, why get to know this guy if he might not be here in a couple of months? Right. But after a year, year and a half, started to see him more often. and I I started to, you know, try and get to know him better. And I realized he's an awesome dude. Yeah. And he's a complete geek. Yeah. Which I was really happy about. Because, well, geeks are typically not super mean. Yeah. Um I mean Steven's the nicest guy. He clearly cares about you more than anything, which was the most important thing for me and for all of us.
0: My heart. That's really nice. <laughs> what? What? I don't know. It's it was just I mean the
1: most important thing to us is that you're happy and you're with somebody who loves you unconditionally, which is clear
0: with yeah. you and Steven. And what was your first impression of him?
1: I think the first time I met him, he was wearing cargo shorts and an R2D2 hat. Sounds like Steven. And a pebble watch, which I liked his pebble watch. But I thought, has this guy ever dated anyone before my sister? <laughs> <laughs> which was probably a mean thing to think because I had never dated anyone yeah. before Megan.
0: <laughs> oh, you admit it now? You used to pretend like it wasn't like you dated people before her. Well, I.
1: I never, like, dated. Earlier on in college, I had, I would have flings, but never full-on relationship. Yeah. yeah. I waited for the right one.
0: Oh, What
1: was your first impression of Megan?
0: Well, so we met Megan at, my little oh, brother God. was in Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And our whole family was going to see it. And mm-hmm. it was at this amphitheater, so you have, like, a picnic before. And Jordan, for, like, six months before this had been texting me about every little girl problem. Oh, just no. I had a lot
1: of girl problems You had year.
0: so many girls. And you would text me, no hey, one what, at the what school can I understands say? me. What, what can
1: I say? <laughs> you know, I just had a lot of girl problems, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that, you know.
0: He would text me and be like, Oh, no one at the school understands me. All of these girls are so shallow and I just want someone who wants to have real meaningful conversations and I'll be like Jordan it's fine, you get her. And then he started dating Megan. And he was, like, so, so into her so quick. And so he would always text me about it. And the rule was he would tell me someone's Instagram, but I was not allowed to follow them mm-hmm. until they were officially dating. And he had never mm-hmm. officially started dating someone. I
1: think you creeped, like, three or four Instagrams before I let you follow. Oh,
0: yeah. I follow I creeped a lot of them. Never mm-hmm. followed, though. Um, and then Megan, the day before this uh, we're going to Austin show, he goes, hey, Megan's coming tomorrow. And I said, does that mean I can follow her on Instagram? And he said yes, so I knew it was real. Um, but then I met Megan and I thought she was really cool and she seemed like really chill. And that was the big thing for me. So I knew you needed someone who was chill, laid back, friendly, but also would call you out on your BS. Mm. And I think Megan hits that Why do key. you think
1: I needed somebody who was chill?
0: Because you grew up with me And you hated me and I was so loud. Hate is a strong word. I think
1: anyone that grew up with you in the way that I did would have been annoyed with you quite often.
0: I was also annoyed with me, Jordan, because (laughs) I did suck and I knew that I sucked. So then you would say things and I'd be like, yes, I also agree with you. Yeah. I also suck.
1: Made it hard. (laughs) It Made it hard. I, I was annoyed with you internally, but externally I tried to be like,
0: oh, you're, you're great i love you so much you. love you tail. Yeah. but when i met megan i instantly liked her as a person like if i had met megan outside of you dating her i would have been like oh this is a really cool girl like, which is
1: interesting because you be guys are so different
0: are we that different you guys are really different megan are we that different i'm not a youtuber i don't like a camera <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh, but, I think like, but like you like fit in with my friend group yeah like i different. feel like you get along with all my friends and we're like kind of like not like, we can still have fun in, like, different ways. Right. girls can't have fun. that say? Yeah. Like, we're both pretty active, I would say. Right. And we're both... I feel like you're, like, low-key a gossip, and I'm a high-key a gossip, so we always gossip about things together. Man, a super gossip. <laughs> but she's low-key about it, because she's so chill. You wouldn't think Do
1: that. You, you see the low-key part.
0: Um. But I... Uh, can we expose
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to say no.
0: TMC. <laughs> <laughs> Both. But I met Megan, I thought she was really cool. I liked her as a person and I also really liked her for you. And as I got to know Megan more, I realized how much you guys complement each other. And I think the perfect example of a good relationship and a good marriage is two people who fill in the gaps that the other person is missing. And I think that's what makes our parents' relationship so great. I think that's what's made Stephen and I have such a successful marriage so far. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes you and Megan such a strong couple is it's two people who fill in the gaps where the other person is maybe lacking so yeah i liked megan i liked her for you and i'm so happy you're getting married
1: yeah it's gonna be fun
0: i took their photos on the day they got engaged yeah it was so nice yeah i was so happy to be included
1: i know <laughs> i know that's I, why I include yeah, I feel
0: like you did it more for me than like the fact that you wanted pictures. I definitely
1: wanted pictures and video, but I knew it meant a lot to you.
0: It did mean a lot to me. But I'm also very sentimental. Yeah. And so are you. You're a soft boy. Yeah. You're very much a soft we
1: boy. We all are. Our whole family
0: is. We're a bunch except mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mom's
1: stuff. She's like the definition of the hardest like she's just so hard.
0: Yeah. Like not in a bad way. No.
1: But I don't think she is nearly as emotional as the other four of us.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd say dad's the most emotional.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then Austin.
1: See, we've had this debate Then you, then times. me, then mom. You just slip that in there. <laughs> we've had this debate so many times on who's who's more emotional.
0: And we could keep going on, but the camera's about to die, and I don't want to have to put another battery. So this is where we're going to end the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Love you. Yeah, love you too. So glad that you came. Yeah. And, uh... We'll see, well, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.